Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. If you were to open up your computer right now and click on your email, how many emails are in your inbox? Don't lie. This area of our jobs can easily get away from us. So in this episode, we want to share exactly how to get to that zero inbox. Ooh, that was a little scary because I had flashbacks to my first year of teaching when I did not delete a single email because I was paranoid that I would delete something and then need yeah. it. So I had, we don't need to go there. I but, wasn't paranoid, but I was lazy and I didn't do anything <laughs> with them. <laughs> no better, do better, right? Isn't that what they say? They do. So before we jump into the episode, let's hear a TSH from Tanya who says, ladies, how do I get control of all the emails and emails is in all capital letters, of mm-hmm. course. I feel like they are never ending. I've heard you both talk about a zero inbox, but I'm struggling to make it a reality. Please help. Okay, so Tanya, first and foremost, I just want to say that there are times when even our emails are not at a zero inbox. Mm -hmm. I know that there are just certain weeks where things get busy and you just kind of drop the ball and it's like, I, I haven't looked at my emails. I think I went two days this past week where I didn't even look at my emails. (laughs) I probably should have had an away message, but it just, the things that were happening um, wouldn't allow for me to do that. So please don't think that this is something that every single day we open up our emails and there's nothing on there. That is not a reality. Um, But I think this episode is gonna be for you, Tanya, because this is really gonna speak to how we really do zero inbox with our emails. Yeah, Tanya, you definitely inspired this this email. Ha! You definitely inspired <laughs> this podcast episode, but Bridget hit the nail on the head. We do not always have a zero inbox. It's what we ultimately strive for and it's the goal that we have, but just know that even we sometimes have emails still sitting in our email inbox because we've gotten busy or I don't know if you do this, Bridget, but sometimes if I have something coming up, I will leave the email in my inbox until I use it. So for example, now we're recording this in October. Y'all know we like batch out episodes. So even though you're listening in November, my birthday was like just over a week ago and I had a coupon from Panera. Guys, she's 30. Stop it. We did not need to include that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I had a coupon from Panera for a free bakery item and it expired in like a week. So I kept it in there until Friday and I went and got my free bakery item and then I deleted the email. So... Mm. That's kind of how I utilize it as well. But we'll get more into that in this episode. So, Michelle, I have a question for you. Now that you are not in teaching, do you get more emails now than when you were in the classroom? You know, that's a really interesting question. I think I do. I would be interested to see data to like actually know for sure. Mm -hmm. But I get an absorbent amount of emails and it's only gone up since leaving the classroom. Now I'm talking about like my business side, right? I don't even check my personal email if we're being honest. That is like my burner email that I give to accounts and stuff to sign up when like I don't really want to give them my email. But for my business email, since leaving the classroom, because I do more with like PDs and whatnot, I get so many more emails. And as I mentioned, I will sometimes leave them in my inbox until I use them. So 
emails for upcoming like travel for PDs and mm-hmm. things like that. I kind of hold on to them. But I will say the system that we're going to talk about today has really helped me manage, even though the number and the volume of emails is up, it is more manageable. But I'm curious, what what about you? Yeah, I mean, starting this new position, I... I have learned very quickly that emails and calendar is what runs Mm. my entire workday. Like, it is not my lesson plans. It is not anything else. The class, like as far as classroom base wise, it is calendar and emails. I have so many emails, and there are some people who utilize emails like text messages, which drives me nuts. It's like just sit and think for a minute. about what you want to put in the email and then send it. Just wait. Yeah, that drives me crazy too. I don't like either the double email where someone emails you and then like a minute later you get another email and they're like, oh, I forgot. And I'm like, no, that should have all been one email. Like you said, like think it through. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But between like having conversations because I'm not only talking with the people like at my office. I'm also talking with people that are at Patton and I'm talking with, you know, different school districts. So then all those LEAs are like contacting me and Mm. we're having conversations about various things. So it is, it's a lot. And I will say that right now I do not have a zero inbox, but Mm -hmm. Monday during my, I'm at home. So I will very much get to that zero inbox on Monday. Yeah. I'll be honest right now. I have two emails that are kind of lingering, although they go together. So really, it's like one thing that I need to take care of, which, Bridget, I've talked to you about it. Um, But that is on my plate for Monday as well. Monday is like my reset day. And that's when my email inbox gets cleared out. So that being said, if you are listening to this and anything we have said resonates with you because you also get a high volume of emails or you struggle to keep that email inbox clear, Hopefully some of the strategies that we share will help you. So jumping right in, if you've never heard the term zero inbox, let's go ahead and define that. Now, again, we think zero inbox could have a little bit of a loosey-goosey definition because it may be having minimal emails in your inbox. But for the purpose of this podcast episode, a zero inbox is the status of your email inbox when there are no emails currently waiting to be processed. That means you have either replied, forwarded any emails in your inbox, you have organized them into folders, or you've archived them or deleted them, but they're not sitting in your email inbox waiting to be processed. So we have to kind of discuss really quick, why do we want to use a zero inbox? Um, Because our why is what really drives us to do the things that we do, right? So when we think about our, our inboxes, a lot of the times that's going to take up a ton of your cognitive load. And so what I mean by that, it's your working memory that you have inside of your brain. Now, your working memory that you have in your brain is only so many spaces wide. So I almost like to visualize it as like a grid, right? You know, each little cube is one space, right? And in your brain, it's the same thing. Fun fact, did you know that when you are born, it's only about one space big? And then as you start to develop as a young kid, it goes up to, I think, seven or nine spaces. And I'm saying that in quotes because I can't really remember the number, but it only goes so big and then it doesn't grow anymore after that. Hmm. But what's interesting is that, I know we said that word together, but what's interesting is that you can't keep a lot of information inside of your brain. 
your working memory is constantly trying to fight for what's important. And so if you think that your your inbox isn't taking up cognitive load, it is. So every time you open that inbox, you're like, oh, I got to respond to that email. Oh, I need to do this. Or mm-hmm. oh, I need to go and like figure this out. And so it's trying to remember all of that information. So the purpose of creating that zero inbox is to reduce the cognitive load, be able to store that information somewhere else other than your brain so that you can really think and focus on what's important. Before we start to jump into some steps, guys, we're going to take a break. So we'll see you in just a minute. Gobble, gobble. It is November, which means it's also our new planner launch. You can officially grab the January to December digital planners for 2024 in our store at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store. If you want to get a head start on planning for the new year, you can grab a digital planner 20% off for the first two weeks of November, but also be on the lookout for, you know, maybe a Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday, in case you missed out on that initial discount. Also, don't forget to head to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash mailing list to sign up for our email reminders about sales and planner lunches. We promise you will be thankful you signed up because you never know when we might pop into your inbox with a little surprise. But for now, back to the episode. We're back. And as Bridget mentioned, let's jump into some steps. Now we have simplified this into just three steps that will help you get that zero inbox and then also keep it clear. Now, some of these steps are easier than others. Okay. I'm going to just warn you. Step two, it's a doozy. It's the biggest one, but we trust in y'all. We know that you can handle it and keep in mind, this doesn't have to be a like sit down and do it all in one hour type of project. This could be something that you work on and it could even be your goal by like the end of the year to get to that zero inbox. And then I will say once you're there, it's much, much easier to keep it there. So starting with step one, you are going to create subfolders. Now, depending on the email service that you use, your email service may refer to these as labels instead of folders. So for example, within Gmail, it calls them labels, but in reality, those labels are like folders. And most email service providers will also let you create subfolders or like labels that are housed inside of labels. So y'all know we talk all the time about like folderception. You can do that within your emails and we highly suggest that. So just to give you a few ideas, I'm going to literally scroll through. I'm not going to share every single one because I have, mm, if I had to estimate, probably close to 50 different labels organized within my Gmail. That's so I'll a just, lot, lady. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to I like to categorize things. <laughs> so my first main label is pocket full of primary. So everything that is more closely tied to my business goes within that label. But within there, I have sub-labels for my book. I have sub-labels for certifications that I have, consulting work, I have one for like my LLC. I have uh, podcast interviews that I've done. 
And then I have speaking, which within speaking, I have a breakdown of all the different like schools and districts and organizations and conferences that I've worked at because I like to just keep all the emails separate. Then I have a subfolder under Pocketful Primary for TPT, and I have ones related to like conferences that I've attended and then just general TPT work. Then under Pocketful Primary, I also have one for YouTube and all my YouTube emails go in there. My next main category is brand collaborations. And underneath of that, I have all my subcategories for all the different brands that I have worked with for various like sponsorships and things. Then I have a main uh, label for finances. And under that, I have like banking, expenses, investing, all that good stuff. I have one for travel. I have one for questions and comments, one for taxes slash CPA slash bookkeeping. I don't know if y'all could hear that. Someone's racing outside down the streets. It's, it's really loud for me. I don't know if it's loud no, for everyone else. I don't, okay. I don't hear it. Whew, thank goodness. Um, and then my final one is other, because I feel like you always need an other type of <laughs> folder or something. And I have like random things like house, insurance, pets, powerlifting. Cause even though it's my business email, like I use my pocket full primary email for yeah. like all my powerlifting stuff. So do you remember any of your categories from teaching? Like I'd had a field trip or yes. And PTO. conferences, conferences. Yes. yes. Yeah. P so we called ours PTA, um, parent teacher association instead of organization. But yes, I had one of those. I typically had one that was for like my team. So mm -hmm. all those emails between me and my team teachers would go in there. I would have a parent email. So I didn't keep every email from parents because sometimes it's like, I'm picking up Jimmy today. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> but there were some parents where they then got their own subfolder, you know, because uh -huh. you just had to, to house uh -huh. all of those in there. Um, I typically had one related to like report cards yeah. because our admin would send out like timeline information and then we as a team would email out like specific comments we needed to add in there. I know you were like the tech person, but like yes. I always had a tech one. So like you were te techni tech <laughs> technically <laughs> the tech lady. So yes. I would probably save all your emails. <laughs> yes. And I, I love that because I think it's an easy way to go back and find the information. I know you yeah. mentioned that earlier, that cognitive load. If you know where to go to find the information, it really takes off a lot of that stress. So that's kind of a peek between my email. But step one is all about thinking of those categories and going ahead and getting the folders or the labels created because that will make step two much, much easier. So in step two, this is all about processing your emails. And what we mean by processing is really looking at the email and deciding what do you want to do with it? <laughs> so here are some different things that you might want to do with the emails that you're receiving. So the first one could be to just move over any reference items. These are going to be things that don't necessarily have something for you to do, but you want to reference it. I mentioned like the tech person. So if I received an email from Michelle as our tech person, school, I would look at that email and say, ooh, that's actually a really good idea. I'm going to save that a little for, for later and then maybe come back to it if I want to come back to it. So I would just put that into one of those tech folders that I would have. Maybe it was something to do on PVOS or PSSAs, like anything that you have to really come back to and just kind of double check or if it had login information. That was always a wonderful one. You can move it to where you need to keep it so that you can come back to it later on. 
The next one that you can do is to add an action item to your to-dos. Now this is one is really, really important. You don't want to leave the email in your inbox. If it has something for you to specifically do, put it on your to-do list. Mm -hmm. Once it's on your to-do list, move the email where it needs to go. Can I chime in real quick? Yeah. For anyone that uses Gmail, you've heard us talk all about Google Tasks and how much we Mm. love Google Tasks. If you use Gmail, you can actually, there's like a little button that will add it to your tasks. So it will generate the task, but it also links to the email, which is great because then you could be within like a Google Slides file or Google Drive, click on that task and it will direct you to that email and like open it up, which makes it super convenient. That is genius. So going back to that whole cognitive load piece, now you have taken it out of your inbox, you've put it on an action item as a to-do list, on your to-do list, and now you know that you're going to do something with it so your brain doesn't have to continue to think about it. The next one is gonna be to respond to the email. So if somebody's asking you a question, please respond to it, especially (laughs) if it takes less than two minutes. I know that I am, I'm a culprit for for just Mm -hmm. looking at the email and thinking, oh, I'll respond later. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, just do it now. It's gonna take one to two minutes. It's not gonna take you forever. Just do it. (laughs) Um, The next one is to delete any unnecessary emails. Yeah, guys, I get so many emails from like various softwares or websites that I'm like signed up for. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't even tell you how many I receive in a single day and it's like, okay, delete. And if you need to just go ahead and unsubscribe if you don't want to be a part of that email sequence anymore so that you don't have to delete those, but you're going to delete some unnecessary emails. If you don't want to keep it as a reference, if it's like, Hey, Johnny is going to get picked up as a car writer, write it down on whatever sheet to remind yourself and then just delete the email because you don't need to keep it. Now, here's the thing when it comes to this process, it's gonna be time consuming. So here's a tip. (laughs) If you need to, because like right now, if you're looking at your emails and you're like, Bridget, Michelle, girl, (laughs) lady, there are like 900 emails in my inbox. We understand, okay? Here's what you need to do. I would probably go through the first month like mm-hmm. I would give myself a month, go through that month. And then after that, put all of those emails in a need to go through folder and just move them. <laughs> so yeah. if you have time, whether it's holidays, maybe they actually give you some time in your classroom and you can like sit down and go through them. That way you can weed through some of those emails if you have to. And that's one of those tasks. If you have it on your phone, that if you're standing in line at the grocery store or waiting for a meeting to start, Mm -hmm. you can just like whip it out and start kind of processing those emails. And I will be honest, I have done that two different times. My first year of teaching, as I mentioned, I did not delete any emails. So after that, I put everything into a folder. And eventually by the end of my second year, I just like deleted everything in that first folder because I didn't need it. I'm like, I haven't gone in there, it's fine. And then I did the same thing with my business email. A couple years in, I had really neglected my emails. I just didn't have the time to do it all. And so I never answered emails and I put everything in a like need to process folder. And eventually like a year down the line, I just deleted everything because I'm like, I'm not going to get to this. And at this point, it's a year old. Like it doesn't even matter. So exactly. The world didn't crash and burn, which is good. (laughs) 
So then you are ready for step three, which is to create an email maintenance system. So this is all about once your email inbox is clear, we want to keep it clear. So keep in mind, even though in step one, you created those folders and subfolders and labels, you can still adapt that over time. So you may need to create additional folders or delete some if they're no longer being used. For example, you during a school year might have to create specific folders for specific families in order to track their emails. But once that school year is over, you may no longer need that folder. Or as Bridget mentioned with like field trips, if you have a specific field trip coming up, you might create a folder for that field trip. But once it has passed, you might be able to delete it. I know we used to always do fundraisers. One we did was Boosterthon. And so I would create a Boosterthon email folder. But then once Boosterthon was done, I would delete it. So you can adapt those folders over time. Essentially, if you get to the point where there are emails sitting in your email inbox and they don't have a place to go, like you need to keep them, but they don't fit into any of your folders, create a new folder. And then I would say like once a month, just go through and kind of look and go, hmm, do I still need this? Or, you know, again, if you have those little bits of downtime, you can kind of go through and process and get rid of things. The second part of this, and I kind of started to hit on it there, is building habits. So again, this takes time in order to develop, but you want it to be at the point where when you get an email, you are going to process it in that moment. As Bridget said, you might be adding it to your to-do list. You might be replying to it. You might be delegating it to someone else. Maybe you just have to forward it to someone and it's something that they have to do and process. But when you get that email, go ahead and do something with it. Move it into that folder, reply to it, or don't open and check your emails until you're going to have the time to process them as well. I'm famous for it too, where I would read emails and go, oh, I'll get to that later. No, no, no. Like wait and process the emails when you have the time to do it. And I do suggest if that's just not feasible on the day to day and you end up like by Friday, you've got a bunch of emails sitting in your email inbox maybe dedicate one day each week to press the reset button. So it could be like a Friday reset or a Monday reset. Bridget, which one do you, well, which one did you do in the classroom? And then what do you kind of do now? Mm. I honestly try to go down to a zero inbox at least twice a week. Okay. So I would probably do like a midweek and then I would do a Friday. And mm, okay. I liked that because then I could figure out, okay, is there something that I didn't do that I was supposed to do? I'm notorious for always thinking that I should be doing something that I don't know that I should be doing. Right. And that, and that stresses me. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I like that. So like a midweek and then an end of the week. Yeah. And I would say in the classroom, I was more of a Friday reset. I like to go into the weekend with everything clear. Now I do my like weekly check-in, which includes me like setting up my to-do list for the week, looking over my calendar. And I typically try to process emails during that time as well. I do that on Sundays and I have it set up as a recurring task on Mm -hmm. Google Tasks. So it just automatically shows up on my power list for Sundays. And I don't even have to like, I don't have that cognitive load of, oh, Am I going to remember to do it? So yeah, nowadays I feel like I probably want it to be a Friday reset for me. (laughs) However, there are some Fridays where it's like, oh, I'm at a school district all day or I'm in meetings all day and I find that I can't do it those days. So now I just tell myself that if I'm home 
that's the day that I'm going to make it into a reset. So that's reasonable. I, and so like next week, obviously I'm home way more. So I have four days next week that I'm going to be at home one day where I'm going to be out in the schools. And um, that the, all those days, I'm going to have zero inbox every afternoon, go. every afternoon, guys. You I'm go, lady. <laughs> so we want to share with you a few hacks when it comes to hitting that zero inbox. And the first one is going to be having a waiting for emails. Now, for and Michelle, you're going to have to chime in on this because okay. I'm utilizing Outlook now for okay. my my school stuff. Yep. And so with Outlook, one of the features that we have is we can pin it. Mm -hmm. And so if there's something that I really need to like come back to, I will pin it and it will move it all the way up to the top and it'll kind of chunk those together, which mm -hmm. I really like. Is there a Google feature for that? So Google does, or Gmail does not allow you to pin emails. However, it's funny you mentioned pinning because when I had Outlook for school, that's what I did too. Yeah. But within Gmail, here's a few options if you use Gmail. First of all, there is the star option. So you could star emails and then they go into a separate like start section. So it makes it easy to access them. You could also just make a separate folder that you call waiting for. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say waiting for, it's like those emails where you're waiting on someone's reply or like a paper from the office or something right. like that. So you could have a separate folder for those and move it in there. Another option is Gmail will actually let you like almost like snooze emails so you can set it to remind you on like a certain amount of time it's literally a button it looks like a little clock and it says snooze once you click it gives you options so like later today or tomorrow or next yeah. week and it will like basically remove it from your inbox and then resend you the email which is really nice because I then you can appreciate that yeah, you can get that zero inbox, but then it'll come back. <laughs> and it, I like the ones where it's like I will email somebody and then all of a sudden I haven't heard back yet. And they're like, do you want to email again? Do you want yeah. to send this to them again? And I'm like, thank goodness you're reminding me that this yeah. is still happening. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. So you can kind of create a waiting for for your emails. Now, if you are utilizing the folder method, just make sure that you're checking that folder. So you mm -hmm. have to be very intentional with going in and checking that that folder that you create. The next hack that we have for you, and we've talked a little bit about this throughout, is to clear out your folders. Again, if the field trip is gone and done, just <laughs> delete the folder. You don't need it. Um, really create a system. I think I would really clean out folders about once every nine weeks. So right around report card time was when yeah. I would just go through my folders and be like, what do I need and what do I no don't need? And I would start to delete some that way. And this also goes for the end of the year. So end of mm -hmm. the year comes around, delete those emails. Lord knows you don't need them for next year unless yeah. you really want to have that technology reference, which I technically <laughs> did. I did keep a lot of my tech pieces for the next year. But spend some time, clear them out as you're moving along. And the last one, again, we've talked about a little bit, is to unsubscribe. If you don't need or don't want information from that particular website, unsubscribe from those emails so that you're not receiving them. It's going to make you feel like you don't have as much happening. I know that I get a little bit stressed every time I open up my email inbox and it's like, you have like 60 something emails. And I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, what has happened in the world since then? So spend some time, unsubscribe, and then that way you don't have to worry about those. 
I'm famous for not unsubscribing to certain ones because I'm like, but wait, someday I might need the email that they send me or I might want that discount. But you know, my other issue, and this is definitely just a me problem, (laughs) (laughs) although it's not my fault, I don't know what to do about it. I will have people, and I think a lot of them are like, kids, but they watch my YouTube channel. They will use my email to, to like sign up for things, Bridget. (gasps) And then I will get emails where it's like, Oh, thank you for registering. It's, it's, I don't know what to do. What do I do about it? Like I have yet to figure that out. Um, but that's a me problem. So scandalous. Yeah. (laughs) Fun stuff. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. We really hope that it was helpful and has inspired you to go through your email inbox. Even if you only get rid of a couple, every little bit makes a difference. Please share this episode out with any of your teacher friends who you think might benefit, whether that's a team teacher or another friend that you have that's within education. We would love for you to spread the word. You can also submit your own time-sucking hurdle over on our website at teachingonthedouble.com. You'll see where it says TSH at the top, go ahead and click it. And you will have the chance to be not only featured in a future episode, but possibly inspire the entire episode. You can also subscribe to Teaching to the Top wherever you listen. It's free to subscribe. All it does is it tells your podcast platform that you really enjoy listening to us. And that way, whenever we release a new episode, it will go ahead and download it for you so that you are ready to listen right away. If you do listen through Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review. We truly do read them all and they help us get into the ears of so many more teachers. And until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.